Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Speak My Peace podcast. I am your host, Reese Trotman, once again, coming at y'all with yet another episode here talking about sports in the year 2020. And we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk a lot of basketball today. Not not too much football. We're going to tap into free agency and and uh, and just everything that's going on in terms of moves, trade talks, all that in terms of the NFL. But today we're talking mostly hoops. We're going to I'm going to give you my thoughts on All Star Weekend. Give you a little recap of that. I'm going to give you my thoughts on everything in terms of what to expect the second half of the season in the NBA. We're going to talk a little Hall of Fame finalists for 2021. Um, We're going to talk a little bit um, about college basketball, too. As the season winds down, we get into conference tournaments and eventually March Madness because it is March. Now, Let's not waste too much more time. Let's jump right in into it. All-Star Weekend. Now, originally, when they announced it was going to be an All-Star game, there was a lot of pushback. There's a lot of people saying they didn't need the All-Star uh, the All-Star Weekend. They didn't need the All-Star game uh, because of rest. You know, having that strenuating schedule in the bubble. Uh, players, you know, were saying that they were exhausted and they needed, you know, extended time. Not to mention the fact that because of COVID, there were a lot of players that were worried uh, traveling wise, you know, not being able to have fans during All-Star Weekend. All that just made it all the more reason why a lot of people thought, you know what, we should not have an All-Star Weekend, an All-Star game. None of that. None of the festivities And let's just, you know, get a break as players. But the NBA did it anyway. And this past weekend, the All-Star game was... Eh, like it was, you know what I mean? I want to sit up here and say, oh my God, the, the whole weekend was great. You know, I, you know what, I will say... Originally, I was not a fan that they moved everything to one night. Um, I hated that at first. You know, I I went on record in saying that it, it was bad, but I was wrong about that. Um, I can admit that, you know, it was smooth. It was honestly smooth. Um, everything that happened um, from the Rising Stars Challenge to the three point contest to the actual all-star game and then the dunk contest at halftime that was really what i was really upset about well, not even upset but definitely didn't like in the beginning but came to realize you know what that was actually really smooth by the nba and i think honestly they should continue to do it i didn't think that having the dunk contest at halftime was going to be good at all i thought it was going to be rushed kind of you know just out of place, you know, just I felt like having a three point contest and then going right into the dunk contest, you know, it's something that I just got used to uh, watching All Star Weekend. And, you know, like I said, it turned out to be smooth. But let's talk about All Star Weekend. First of all, we're going to tar- start with the skills challenge. Sabonis took home the 2021 All Star uh, skills challenge. The Taco Bell skills challenge, I should say. Um, Sabonis won that. I was a little surprised. I was expecting uh, mainly Luca to come out and, and try a little bit harder. Like, you could tell he really didn't want to do that skills challenge. Like, you could tell he just didn't care. He was just like, it is what it is. Um, same thing kind of with Chris Paul. Kind of expected Chris Paul to do a little bit better. But the big men have been dominating the, the skills challenge. So, I don't know um, what's going on there. But... Yeah, the big men are really dominating nowadays in the skills challenge. Curry took home the three-point contest uh, championship. The man, he's now won this twice. He won in 2015, and he's won in 2021. Um, It was a good contest. 
at the end there, you know, I kind of was a little worried for Steph. He was missing a lot early. But, you know, as soon as you say, uh-oh, he's starting to miss, that's when Steph usually turns it on. And he just starts splashing threes from every which way. And I just felt like he did it again. Um, he really kind of, like, he, he played our lives in, in, in a respect. Uh, in the terms of, like, he just... Again, it, it looked like, uh-oh, Curry's in trouble here. And then, you know, he, he did his thing once again. Um, and then moving on to the, the main event, you know, the All-Star game. Um, that's something that, you know, I didn't think was going to be that good. And... You know, it wasn't like it, it was what I expected it to be. Team LeBron versus Team Durant. Team LeBron took the dub 170 to 150. Um, yeah, I I didn't like the way Team Durant played all too well. Um, gotta love Curry and, uh, and uh, Lillard at the end of the half there throwing up. Uh, half court threes with ease, you know, just splashing them home. Love that for them. But you know, this 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 wasn't the greatest of events in terms of. I didn't ju- like. I, I don't know. Like it just didn't have the intensity that it did last year. I think we just needed fans. Like I, I just feel like I don't know. The whole time, like, it was the obvious thing. Like, yes, you need fans to get the players more involved, more hyped up, make them do crazier stuff. You know, stuff happens when fans can egg you on. You dig what I'm saying? But uh, this year, it just it wasn't it wasn't the same without him. Uh, Giannis did win the All-Star Game MVP. He finished with 35-3-7. and seven. The man was perfect from the field. Um, LeBron didn't really play much. He only played 13 minutes. He had four points, four boards, two assists. You know, it was basically a night off for LeBron. He wasn't trying to, you know, do too much. He's He's got his eye on much bigger and better things than all-star game achievements for sure. Um, Steph Curry played well. He had 28 points, hit a lot of threes. Um, another, you know, notable stat line here, Chris Paul had 16 assists. Um, he now averages the most assists per all-star game uh, with 12.5 um, now. Uh, Jalen Brown, he finished with 22 in the All-Star game, it's good for him. Paul George, 17, and Damian Lillard also was a highlight reel himself, averaging, uh, excuse me, adding in 32 points in the Team LeBron win. Now, Team Durant, like I said, a little bit disappointing, didn't play as well. They thought they would. Kawhi almost had a triple-double. He had 8-8-9. Eight, eight, um, Jason Tatum, he played well. He had 21 points. Kyrie ad- added in 24-12. and 12. Bradley Beal had 26. So happy to see Bradley Beal in the All-Star game. Um, I feel like he gets disrespected and snubbed a lot. Uh, James Harden, he added in 21. But, yeah, the All-Star game wasn't. It just wasn't it. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't the All-Star game of last year. Like, the intensity wasn't the same. I just felt like the highlight plays weren't the same. Um, I was disappointed. Zion missed a lot of dunks. Um, You know, it just, I don't know. I just... It's just hard to say because it's like on the one hand, you realize, okay, like maybe it would have been better with fans. But then it's like, would it have been, though? Like, I just I don't know. Maybe it was the players. But but I just I don't know, man. I just there was something about this all star weekend that was just like, you know, it was good. It was entertaining, but it wasn't nothing crazy. Like it was just like kind of going through the motions. At least that's what it felt like from my perspective. Now, I did leave out one thing. And that is the dunk contest. I purposely left that for last. Um, While the All-Star game itself is supposed to be the main attraction, every year we do this. 
We hype up the All Star dunk. All right, we uh, we hype up the uh, the All Star weekend. We hype up the dunk contest. We say, oh my God, this year it's gonna be the year. It's gonna be Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon again because honestly, that's the best one that's happened in a long time. We say it every year. We hype it up. We say, oh my God, this is gonna be great again. And you know what? It wasn't bad. Like. I'm not going to sit up. I can't lie. If anything, the dunk contest, it was better than I thought it was going to be. For sure. Um, I was not expecting the dunk contest to be uh, nearly as entertaining as it was. Um, your winner in the dunk contest this year was Anthony Simons. Um a lot of people probably don't even know he has bounced like that. I sure didn't, especially as a guard. I did not realize that he just has, you know, bounced that you float in the air for, you know, seconds. Like, I just didn't know he was like that. Um, Obi Toppin, as a Knicks fan, I'm, I'm glad he was in the dunk contest representing the Knicks. He did pretty good. You know, he didn't do too too crazy like he did not there was nothing crazy his dunks were good they were solid especially for a big man you know they were solid but nothing crazy um Cassius Winston same thing like you know his, his second dunk that he tried to do that he couldn't do that dunk man if he would have oof that dunk would have been special uh, we would have been talking about that dunk for a long time if he could have connected on that. He was basically trying to sit in midair, put it under his legs, and then dunk it with the opposite hand. But he couldn't connect on that one, so he just did a regular, like, cockback dunk. It wasn't even a tomahawk, but it was like, you know, it just, it was, it, it looked like an in game dunk. I'm not gonna lie. Like, if you just put that on a highlight reel, you'd be like, oh, that was in game, like, if you didn't know the context. So, you know, overall, Anthony Simmons, you got that for sure. Um, the man tried to kiss the rim, and I honestly think he could have um, if he didn't have to dunk the ball. Like, if you just – someone told him just jump up and literally put your lips on the rim. I, I honest to God, believe that he could have done that. Um, that's how high he was in the air. Like, on all, almost all – every dunk he took, he was literally, like, face-to-face – are almost eye level with the rim. Um, I will say that, you know, his first dunk where he grabbed it off like the top left of the backboard, that was that was a great dunk. Um, but yeah, him kissing, trying or attempting to kiss the the rim. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was pretty cool. But overall, again, this all to wrap up my thoughts on All Star Weekend. It's just like, eh, you know, like it was good. It's nothing memorable. We're going to forget about it in a few days. I already have, you know, kind of forgotten about it. If I didn't have a podcast to do, I probably would not be talking about the uh, the All-Star Weekend as a whole. I'm talking three points, uh, you know, skills challenge and dunk contest and obviously the actual All-Star game. None of it was memorable. None of it was anything crazy. I thought that, like, you know... I mean, going into it, I thought it wouldn't be crazy, but it definitely, like I said, pretty much it didn't. There was no hype. I I don't want to say it didn't live up to the hype, but, you know, you pretty much got what you expected if you watched that All-Star game. But, yeah, that's basically my thoughts on the NBA All-Star weekend. Um, the only event that didn't take place was the Rising Stars Challenge. Um, I think they just wanted to mitigate as much travel as possible. Um, but if I'm looking at the Rising Stars Challenge, like the U.S. team versus the world team, like the U.S. team would have smacked the world team. Like, let's let's just look at this because they did release the roster. I don't know why they took the time to release the roster, but not have the guys play in it. I don't get it. But the league did say the NBA NBA Rising Stars uh, annual showcase of premier young talent during the All-Star game will not be played this year due to limitation of having All-Star events all on one night. To recognize deserving players, the NBA kept the custom of having the league's assistant coaches vote for Rising Stars, um, which, compose, which comprise excuse me, of 10 first and second year NBA players from the United States and 10 first and second year players from 
outside of the United States, a.k.a. the world team. Um, so let's look at the U.S. Uh, team first. We got LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, Tyree Zaliburton, Tyler Hero, DeAndre Hunter, Keldon Johnson, my guy John Morant, Michael Porter Jr., Zion Williamson, and James Wiseman. That's a beautiful lineup, by the way. Um, let's look at the world team. We got Precious Akucho, Nikhil Alexander, Walker, Denny Advinja, RJ Barrett, Facundo Campazzo, Brandon Clark, uh, Lagens Dort, Rui Hachimuro, Theo Malden, and Michael Mulder. Now, the world team, they got Precious, which I like. They got Denny. They got RJ Barrett. They got Brandon Clark. But I can't lie, if they played this game, it would have been so boring. The U.S. team is smacking the world team, um, and it's it's not even close. Um, it's just not close. Like, it's bad. Like, you got LaMelo, Anthony Edwards, Tyler Hero, John Morant, Zion, and Michael Porter Jr. Like, never mind. You still got James Wiseman, DeAndre Hunter, Tyrese Halliburton, who's been playing well. Like, you got some dogs on the U.S. team. So, honestly, <laughs> I know they didn't want to play it, not because it would have been boring, but, like, it would have been boring. It would have probably got not many views. Like the All Star, or excuse me, the Rising Stars, you know, it's a fun matchup because you get to see the young guys go against the other young guys. But it's like this year, it would have been the U.S. team would have dominated. It wouldn't even been close. It wouldn't have been that competitive to me, to be honest. It would have just been Zion, Ja, and you know, probably Tyler Hero making most of the highlights. If I'm being completely honest. But again, that's it for for Rising Stars. Uh, all stars, all of it, the whole weekend, man. Like I said, biggest takeaways, you know, it it was what it was. I'm happy for Mike Conley, too. Shout outs to Mike Conley for making his first all star team. Uh, good for him. Um, it's been a long time, you know, I think they said it's been like 11, 12 years. First all star team. I'm happy for him. Good for him. Um, you know, next year we definitely need to get some more fans in there. It's just not the same without them. And yeah, you know, that's really all I can say um, about this all-star weekend. It was fun. It's good to see. Always good to see the players enjoying themselves, having a good time. But, you know, this is definitely not one of the more memorable weekends. Like I said, we definitely didn't get our second coming of Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. I don't know when's the next time we will get that. But hopefully it is in the near future. But only time will tell. But, yeah, I don't know when we will see a type of dunk contest like that. Definitely didn't get the same all-star game performances that we did last year. It wasn't the same intensity. It was a blowout. You know, teams weren't even that evenly matched. But, you know, it is what it is. But that is your All-Star Weekend wrap-up. And now we're going to move on to something that I feel like isn't being talked about a mu- uh, talked about that much, and that's the 2021 Hall of Fame uh, finalist list that was released earlier in the week. Now, we already know about 2020, the Hall of Fame class. We obviously know about the big names. Rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. He is going to be a Hall of Famer in 2020. Kevin Durant, excuse me, Kevin Durant, Kevin Garnett um, and Tim Duncan. Those are like obviously the the three biggest highlight names of uh, the 2020 class. But we're on to 2021. And I want to talk about this finals class. Um... We got guys like Rick Adelman. If you're not a student of the game, if you don't know the history of basketball, you won't know um, Rick Adelman too well. But the big names, Michael Cooper, Chris Bosh, Paul Pierce, Bill Russell as a coach, um, Jay Wright, and um, I believe Ben Wallace as well was named a finalist. Um, 
And Chris Webber, yes. Tim Hardaway, Chris Webber, and Ben Wallace as well. Now, not too many problems. Uh, Bill Russell as a coach, obviously first black head coach. I get all that. Rick Adelman, like, again, he <laughs> he coached way back when. Um, Paul Pierce, again, no problem with at all. Finals MVP, one chip, you know what I'm saying? Ten-time All-Star, all that good stuff, right? Again, Jay Wright, no problem. He has the accolades. He's a great coach at Villanova. Um, ben Wallace, no problem. Like that's <laughs> again, his his mark on defense and what he did, not a problem at all. Like, not at all. But, but, I do have a problem with two people, two people, and. Yeah, just two people, just two people. My first is Chris Webber. In my opinion, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's just not. Like, I love Chris Webber. I love what he did for the game. You know what I'm saying? I love that. But his accolades, at least in the NBA, are nothing to where I look at it and say, that man's a Hall of Famer. Like, again, he, like, even what he did in college was great, but I'm not ready to throw him in the Hall of Fame because of it. Like, let's look at what Chris Webber's really done, like, when his league, league-wise anyway, right? Chris Webber, he's a five-time NBA All-Star. That's it. Okay. He was the rookie of the year in 1994. Um, He made the All-NBA first team in 01. And then he made the second team three times in 1999, 02, and 03. He led the league in rebounds in the 1998-1999 season. And he averaged 20 points per game for nine consecutive seasons. Now, that is all impressive, but it's not Hall of Fame worthy. Like you averaging 20 points per game for nine seasons straight. Okay, that's great. That means you're an elite scorer, like you're a bucket, like you know what you're doing. But he only made the All-Star game five times. Like, you know, he was the rookie of the year. That's great. That's great. But there's a lot of dudes that in the Hall of Fame that did not win Rookie of the Year. Um, he only made first team once. That 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 means like he was only considered top tier at his position once, like within the top fifteen at his position once. Um, and then he made the All Second Team three times. Like I just look at this resume and I'm saying he's lacking a championship. He's lacking an MVP. He's lacking a lot of individual awards. He has no scoring titles. He has no. You know what I'm saying? He led the league in rebounds, but it's like I just like ah. I've always struggled with the Chris Webber debate on whether or not he's a Hall of Famer. I just I. Like, I don't think that's a Hall of Fame resume. I think that's a fantastic NBA career. Like, that's definitely saying something. Like, yeah, I, I, you know, you left a mark on the game for sure. Like, you definitely are in the books. But I just don't, I don't see him as a Hall of Famer. Like, if we look at some of the other guys, like someone like Ben Wallace, which people might be surprised about. But Ben, ben Wallace won defensive player of the year four times. Like, <laughs> that's hard to do. Um, he was a four-time All-Star. Okay, that's nothing crazy. But he's an NBA champion. He made the all-defensive team five times. And, oh, like I said, one defensive player of the year four times. And he made the second team three times, the, the all-NBA uh, second team. Uh, he led the league in rebounding uh, for two years and block shots. Um like that's an impress. Like that is that's saying that I am a defensive stalwart. Like, 
again, like I said, it's you left your mark on a game where you were the defensive player of the year four times. That means you was locking everybody down. You was protecting the paint as a center. And you was blocking shots out there. And you did it four times. Like, that's hard to do. That's not something that everybody does. Um, he's a champion, like I said. Um, and he made the, the defensive, all defensive team five times. Like, Chris Webber, it's just, you were a five-time All-Star and you won Rookie of the Year. Like, that's basically, those are your biggest achievements. Anytime you have to reach for college, anytime you have to tap into college in order to get your accolades, in order to, you know, make your case for the Hall of Fame, that is bad. Like, that's not a good thing when you have to tap into college. I love Chris Webber. I'm a huge fan of Chris Webber. I love him on TNT. Um, I didn't really get to see him play that much because I was too young, because um, I'm only 20 years old. But like, I've watched highlights of Chris Webber. I love Chris Webber. He, to me, he was like one of the OG point forwards, like really doing it in this league and all. But like, I'm sorry, that dude's not a Hall of Famer, bro. Like, he's not. Like. He was just a cool, cool cat, good player. You know, he's, he was more than solid, but he's not a Hall of Famer, bro. He's not. He kind of reminds like, he reminds me of a dude like Mike Conley. And I know that on the surface, that might sound disrespectful to Chris Webber because obviously he was better and a better statue than, than Michael Conley. But, like, to me, they're the same in the, in the respect that they're, they're both guys that like they did their thing in the league they were respected they made their impact but it's like dude no one's out here calling you hall of famer you feel me i i don't know like i just and again chris Webber's my dog like i love that guy but i'm just not he's not a hall of famer to me like and again you compare with other dudes like paul pierce and it's not even comparable to be honest like i said First of all, off-rip, 10-time All-Star, NBA champion, NBA Finals MVP. He played 19 seasons in the league. Um, he's ninth all-time in free throws and three-point uh, field goals made. Um, he's 19th on the all-time scoring list. He scored over 26,000 points. Um, and he was NBA All-Rookie uh, first team. Like, that is a Hall of Fame resume right there. Another person I have a problem with is Tim Hardaway. Like, one his biggest achievement is he was a gold medalist in 2000, and he was a five-time All-Star. Like, to me, that's not a Hall of Fame career. He was, like I said, gold medalist. He played 13 seasons. Um, he finished with 15,000 points. He averaged 20 uh, points per game four consecutive seasons. Um, he, he must be getting into the Hall of Fame based off his college career. Because he only got to the All-NBA first team. He did it once in 97. Um, he, he's ranked. The only thing I will say is it is nice that he's top 20, I guess, in uh, assists all time. He has over 7,000 career assists. But... Again, his biggest achievements are he's an Olympic gold medalist and a five-time All-Star. And he made the All-First Team, uh, All-NBA First Team once in 97. Other than that, there's, there's not much for, like, like what? I don't know why. Tim Hardaway is a Hall of Famer. Like, I don't know why he's even a finalist, I should say. Why is Chris Webber and Tim Hardaway finalists? Like, what have they done? If we're talking about college career, cool. Okay. That makes sense. A little bit. But if we're talking about NBA career, yikes. Again, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s only account. Like, he has less than my dog, Chris Webber, does. He's a gold medalist and a five time All Star. That's it. 
Those are the people I only have a problem with. Like I said, no one else I do. I don't have a problem with Paul Pierce. I don't have a problem with Jay Wright. I don't have a problem with Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh was 11-time All-Star, two-time champion. He averaged 19-8. and eight. Uh, You know, those were his averages for his career. You know, he was a member of the all-rookie team. Um, and he's a gold medalist. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's he, he had a solid career. But but honestly, why why is why is Tim Hardaway and and Chris Webber why why are they why are they considered Hall of Fame finalists? Like that bothers me so much. And again, I never saw Tim Hardaway play. I watched his son play, Tim Hardaway Jr., but I never saw Tim Hardaway play. You know, I'm only twenty years old. I barely saw Chris Webber play. I saw mostly highlights of Chris Webber play. Um, I just, I don't see it. I don't see why those guys are Hall of Fame finalists. They didn't have Hall of Fame careers, in my opinion. If you want to combine college and NBA, I guess. But sorry, in my opinion, I don't like doing that. And I just don't think the Hall of Famers. That's not to hate on them, because, again, Chris Webber is my dog. I don't really know much about Tim Hardaway. I'm not going to lie. But, again, just looking at the accolades and the stats for themselves, it just don't. It don't make sense to me. It don't. But we are coming up on the half hour break here. Um, we'll be right back after we take some quick messages and a quick commercial break. We you are listening to the Speak My Peace podcast. I am your host, Reese Trotman, and we while we shall return after these messages. Ninety point seven WXIM. Okay, boomer. COVID cases rising, now more than ever, it's important to adhere to the three W's. Wash your hands, wear your mask, and watch your distance. Stay safe out there. Brought to you by 90.7 WXIN. For the best local pizza, look no further than Big Tony's Pizzeria at 525 Eaton Street, Providence, featuring daily specials, free delivery until 4 a.m. Get a whole pie or just a slice at the home of the Gangsta Rap. So call in at 401-490-0000 for a slice of the local favorite, Big Tony's. Often imitated, never duplicated. Just because we're off campus doesn't mean we're offline. 90.7 WXIN, bringing you your favorite hit from Six Feet Away. Welcome back to the Speak My Peace podcast. I am your host, Reese Trotman, and we are about halfway through here through the Another episode of the Speak My Peace podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. Much appreciated. We were just talking a little All-Star Weekend wrap-up, Hall of Fame finalists, and, and now we done moved on. We, we still talking basketball, but now it's time to talk about what to expect for the second half of the NBA season. And I cannot wait because we got a lot to talk about in terms of What's really finna happen? Because right now, if we look at the standings right now, again, we're going to go through them. At the halfway point, Philly at 24 and 12, leading the way. Next, we got Brooklyn at 24 and 13. Milwaukee at 22 and 14. The Boston Celtics at 19 and 17. The Knicks at 19 and 18. The Miami Heat at 18-18, the Charlotte Hornets at 17-18, and and with the eighth and final seed, the Toronto Raptors at 17-19. and Now, do I expect Philly to have the number one seed by the time the playoffs get here? Absolutely not. A hundred percent no. I do not think that uh, Philly is... Going to um, basically keep up with Brooklyn because I can't lie, Brooklyn's about to take over in the second half of the season. 
Like, if you want to know my prediction, which is nothing crazy, obviously, because we all know the powerhouse that is Brooklyn. Brooklyn's going to take over. Brooklyn is going to have the number one seed by the time the playoffs start. Now, a team that I do expect to catch fire is the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat are currently 18-18. I've been saying it all year. The Miami Heat just need to play more games together. They are absolutely a dangerous team when they're all healthy. The problem is, bam out of Bayou, Tyler Hero, um... To some degree, Jimmy Butler, like they all their their big like main stars have been in and out the lineup. Plus, you add in Andre Iguodala sometimes who's out the lineup um, and just a bunch of guys who have been in and out the lineup. You're not going to do too well now at 18 and 18 with the sixth seed in the East. I expect them to climb. Another team that I expect to climb is the Boston Celtics. They haven't been playing that well. They haven't been shooting the ball very well. And they just kind of look like, eh. Some days we show up, some days we get smacked in the mouth. I expect them to be be much better in this second half of the season. So watch out, not even really watch out, because everybody knows Brooklyn is about to take over. But in a sense, watch out for Brooklyn, watch out for Miami, and watch out for the Celtics. I expect them all to make moves um, in the seeding in terms of, you know, being top seeds. I expect Milwaukee to stay the same. I, I think they're going to be locked in as a two or three seed. I don't see them dropping down. They're playing well. They're playing Milwaukee basketball. You know, they're playing well. They're doing well. The regular season, they look great. We'll see what happens in the postseason. Um, in terms of the Knicks, people even wonder why the Knicks have a winning record, even though it's one game over 500 and 19 and 18. And they have the fifth seed in the East. It's one because the East is kind of trash right now. Very mediocre slash trash play throughout the Eastern Conference. And also, the Knicks are number one in total defense. Like a lot of people don't realize that, but the Knicks play very good defense. It's a typical Tom Thibodeau team. You play lockdown defense. You try and, you know, not even try and outscore the other team. You just try and guard them better and make every shot that they take absolutely hard. Like you just make it almost impossible for them to try and move the ball, pass the ball. Um, shoot the ball, all that, and, you know, you protect the paint at all costs. It's a typical Tom Thibodeau team, like I said. Very defensively sound, a bunch of scrappy dudes um, who aren't afraid to get into it, who aren't afraid to, you know, to use their bodies and, like I said, play lockdown, shutdown defense. I'm not saying, you know, we got a bunch of straps on the Knicks, but I will say they play hard, they play with effort, and a lot of defense is effort. Like you obviously defense is absolutely a skill that not everybody has, but defense is also effort. Like if you try on defense, most likely you're going to you're not going to succeed all the time because obviously you're just playing with a bunch of dudes that whose skill set is so amazing and you're playing with the best players in the world. But when you try on defense, you know, good things happen. And that's one thing about the Knicks that people don't know. Like, they are literally number one in defensive efficiency. They play very good defense. They're not going to outscore you all the time. They're definitely not going to outshoot you. But they make sound quality plays on offense. They make smart plays. The turnovers aren't that bad. Um, they're just a well-coached team, and that's why they are doing so well. Now, moving on to the Western Conference the Jazz are number one. Phoenix is number two. L.A., the Lakers are number three. The Clippers are number four. The Trailblazers are number five. The Nuggets are six. The Spurs are seventh. And the Dallas Mavericks are eighth. Now, Dallas Mavericks are sitting pretty at 18 and 16. I expect the Warriors to eventually take that spot. My hot take is I don't think the, I don't think the Dallas Mavericks make the playoffs this year. Now... The Denver Nuggets, they are currently the sixth seed, and Portland is the fifth. I expect the Denver Nuggets to jump to the fourth seed. Um, that's kind of a, like, whoa type of thing here. But um, I wouldn't say it's a hot take, but it definitely is one of the more unpopular takes. I expect that the Dallas Mavericks are going to play a lot better. And, or excuse me, not the, the Denver Nuggets, they're going to play a lot better. And I expect them to kick it up into a different gear. And I expect them to reach all the way up to the fourth seed. Now, what does that mean for the Clippers? I expect the Clippers to drop. Um, the Clippers, you know, I just don't know with that team. Like, that team, 
they they are so off and on. They are so, you know, one day we show up, one day we don't. They, they're playing well as of late, but I just I don't know about that team, man. They, they scare me because how inconsistent they are. The Lakers, they just need to get healthy. Simple. They need to just survive, get get through this place, uh, get excuse me, get through this this however long Anthony Davis is going to be out. Get Anthony Davis back healthy and in shape, please. And let's get the leg show to the finals, like simple. Um, Utah Jazz, they're playing great. The, the basketball they're playing is actually beautiful to watch. They're playing fantastic. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, they're playing like monsters out there. I expect them to lose in the second round of the playoffs. You know what? They might even hold on to the number one seed in the uh, in the the Western Conference, which is all well and good. But again, I expect them to be a second round team and they're out. Like, I don't expect them to go far. I expect it to be Lakers, you know, maybe Portland, Clippers, maybe Phoenix. Phoenix is another team that is second seed. I expect the Lakers to get up to the second seed. I expect that the, the uh, Phoenix Suns will drop. Um, I expect the Portland Trailblazers to kind of stay the same um, just based on the roster makeup that they have right now. Um, I do also expect the Lakers, speaking of roster makeup, I expect the Lakers to make some upcoming trades within the few days. I expect them to move some guys and pieces around definitely to combat with the loss of Anthony Davis right now. Um, And just to give LeBron some more help, especially on the offensive end and also on the defensive end as well. Um, But yeah, I expect some guys to be moved around there. But like I said, the Lakers should be fine. They just need to literally get Anthony Davis back healthy and in shape, and they will be just fine. Um, as far as the Dallas Mavericks are concerned, like I said, I expect Golden State to get that final spot the way Golden State plays. Um, you know, I just think that in the end, Golden State is going to get that final eighth spot. I don't think the Dallas Mavericks are going to make the playoffs. I don't think there's room for them in this uh, conference. Also, San Antonio, they're 18 and 14 right now. They're not the talk of the town. They're kind of low-key under the radar. I know a lot of casual basketball fans probably didn't even know that they were seventh in the West. Um, That's a team that's well-coached. Popovich is bringing out the best in DeMar DeRozan, and it's just showing up clearly every single day. He's getting the most out of all his players. That's a team that's scrappy uh, defensively, and they'll grind you out on offense. So, Watch out for them. They're a sneaky team. I don't expect them to go far. I'm not saying they're going to make a playoff run, a deep playoff run, or anything like that. But that is a team that um, I think is going to pop up on a lot more people's radars in the second half of this season. Now, I'm not going to make any playoff predictions in terms of who I got going to the finals, the conference finals, or anything like that. But I will say... I'll give you my top contenders in each uh, conference. In in the East, it's it's Brooklyn and everybody else. I'm not gonna lie; it's it's Brooklyn at number one, and then you take like six spaces down and everybody else. Um, I, I want to put Philly up there so bad, but I just don't know. Like they just again, Philly looks great right now. Joel Embiid is like the favorite for MVP. He's putting up Steph Curry numbers. He's he's literally as a center about to have a 50-40-90 season, um, which is crazy to think about. And he's averaging 30 points. But I just don't know come playoff time what kind of team this is going to be. Like, I just don't know. Are they going to fold? Are they going to be the Sixers of old in the playoffs? Are they going to show up to play? Like, what's really going to happen? So we'll see how that uh, turns out. But again, no, I, I can't lie. A healthy Brooklyn team, everybody playing. No one's seeing that team. Brooklyn also just added Blake Griffin the other day. So that's just another weapon, another piece, another guy that can actually handle the ball too and, you know, has a jump shot now. Um, people, a lot of people, the first of all, the, the, the slander on Blake Griffin's name right now is tremendous. It bothers me. Like, it honestly bothers me. The man, he's still a bucket. He's still good. And a lot of people are saying, oh, he sucks. He's no good. He's trash now. He's washed up. He's a shell of himself. Like, yes, Blake Griffin may not be the same explosive athletic player that we all are used to. He may not be the 20 and 10 guy we got used to. You know, he's, you know, transformed his game into more of a guard type of play style. 
But he's still good, and he's still a complimentary piece on that team. Like, they don't need him to be, you know, Clippers Blake Griffin. They don't need him to be 2014, 2013 Blake Griffin. They just need him to go out there, score a few buckets, defend, you know what I'm saying, help out on the rebounding, and, you know, play make a little bit. That's it. They don't need much of else. They're not asking him. They they got a bunch of playmakers. They got a bunch of people that can shoot the ball. You know, he doesn't need to score 25 a game for them to, to be successful. You know what I mean? So the, the Blake Griffin slander is it's crazy to me to think about it. It makes me angry, but it's like, come on, bro. Like, you got to think about the situation he's going to. Secondly, um... I, the only reason I'm saying that it's the, the 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 Brooklyn Nets and maybe the Sixers and then everybody else is simply because I just don't think Milwaukee has enough to overcome. And if you look at the rest of the teams, like the Celtics, they don't have enough to beat Philly, in my opinion. Never mind Brooklyn and the the while the uh, the Bucks, it would be a tough matchup against the 76ers. Like, I could see a situation where they beat the 76ers, but they are not getting past Brooklyn. You know, they can't score with Brooklyn. None of these teams can really score with Brooklyn. Um, That's the reason I say that. Now, moving on to the West. My contenders are the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Utah Jazz. As much as I don't want to say it, as much as I hesitated to say it, I think the Utah Jazz, I know it, it seems like a contradicting statement to say, oh, they might be a second round, you know, playoff out. I definitely don't think they're one and done. I don't think they're going to, you know, lose in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, it could happen just because the West is so stacked, but I don't think they're going to lose in the playoffs uh, in the first round. But that team is for real. That team brings it every night. Like, do I think that when I say championship contender, do I think they're going to the finals? Absolutely not. But I think they could make it to the conference finals. I don't think that's crazy to say. Um, a team that I'm not sold on is the Phoenix Suns, the Portland Trail Blazers, and the Denver Nuggets. Those are three teams that I think absolutely will fold in the playoffs, especially the Phoenix Suns. I'm not sold on them at all. But first of all, side note, shout out to Chris Paul. Everywhere he goes, man, he just he turns around franchises like he makes franchises into winning. Like, yes, we all talked about last year. Oh, uh you know, the way they went on, the way the Phoenix Suns were undefeated in the bubble and they're turning a new leaf and it seems like they're finally getting their play style and everybody together. But it's like Chris Ball came here and he turned them into, oh, yeah, we went undefeated in the bubble. Let's have a moral victory to second, second seed in the East. I mean, excuse me, second seed in the West. And they're 24 and 11. Like, <laughs> that's hard to do. And Chris Ball's done it. Like, everything he touches turns to gold. It's just they don't produce championships, unfortunately, which I don't get why. But for some reason, that's just the case. But again, the Phoenix Suns, the Denver Nuggets, the Portland Showbiz, I'm not sold on them at all. I, I feel like all those teams don't really defend that well. The Phoenix Suns do defend much better than the Portland Showbiz and the Denver Nuggets do, but I'm still not sold on them. I don't think they have playoff can our, our championship contention and playoff level defense to be out here making deep runs in the playoffs. So that's why I'm not saying they are. But again, hesitantly, I say the Utah Jazz are a contender. But honestly, my only solid picks that I'm really like, you know, if I had to bet money or my life was on the line, I'm going to say the Lakers, obviously, and the Clippers. Like, that's about it. And that's if the Clippers don't fold as well in the playoffs. Um, But yeah, that's really that's really all I see here. In terms of East and West and, you know, the the contenders from the pretenders, uh, for sure. But, yeah, that's that's kind of my wrap up on what I expect to see in the uh, return of the NBA from the All-Star break. And as we get into the home stretch and we get into playoff talks, you know, the playoffs, they're right around the corner. They they are, you know, they're going to be fast approaching. It's March, but, you know, April comes around real quickly. And so does May. Like it's gonna it's gonna fly by, and I'm telling y'all, it, it's gonna be a fun playoffs. I wish fans could get involved more. Hopefully, they let some more fans in for playoffs. But 
the second half of the season, it could be a wild ride. You know, maybe some unexpected things happen. Now, again, as a tradition on the uh, on this podcast, we're going to run down the NBA schedule for this week. Uh, well, since there's only two games, I'm going to do uh Thursday matchups as well, since everybody should be back in action by Thursday. But since we are recording this on a Wednesday afternoon, let's start with the Wednesday games. Now, Washington at Memphis at 8 p.m. I got Memphis in that game. Um, and then San Antonio at Dallas, I got San Antonio. That game will be on at 8.30 on NBA TV. That is, those are today's games that will be back in action as the NBA um, resumes today from its all-star break. Now, Thursday is when everybody's back in action. We got Detroit at Charlotte. I got Charlotte. Brooklyn, or excuse me, Boston goes to Brooklyn. That's at 7.30 on TNT. I got Brooklyn. Atlanta at Toronto. I got Toronto. Orlando at Miami. I got Miami in that one. The Sixers at Chicago. I got the Sixers. The my New York Knicks against the Milwaukee Bucks. I got the Bucks smacking the New York Knicks. Um, Minnesota at New Orleans. I got New Orleans. Dallas at OKC. I have Dallas in that one. The Clippers will be hosting the Golden State Warriors at 10 p.m. on TNT. I got Golden State in an upset. Um, Phoenix at Portland. I got Portland. And the Houston Rockets at Sacramento. I got the Houston Rockets. Those are all your um, scheduled games for Wednesday and Thursday. Like I said, as the uh, NBA schedule resumes, we're back in action from the All-Star break and we are loving it. Now, we're going to shift gears. We're going to talk a little bit of college basketball. I. You know, we're we're in that time of year. We really are. We are in that time of year. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in March. It is not madness yet, but it is fast approaching. The conference tournaments are this week. And I cannot lie, folks. This this college basketball, this tournament, although we don't have all the blue buds, I'm telling you, this one's going to be a wacky, wacky March Madness. This is actually going to be, for the first time in a while, this is going to be madness. This is. Um, I'm interested to see how Illinois fares in the tournament. You know, Houston, um, you know, teams like that. uh, Teams that will be fine in the tournament, like... Gonzaga, Creighton, Villanova, you know, some of the top teams that we're used to, Texas, Oklahoma State, Kansas, uh, Baylor, West Virginia, um, Texas Tech, like those teams, um, you know, they should be fine. But teams like Illinois, Houston, like those are the teams I'm worried about. Those are the teams I'm like, whoa. Are you guys going to be for real? Like now that the it's going to be at its brightest and it's going to be at its you know biggest stage and all eyes are on you, are you going to actually show up? Or are you going to fold? Like... Don't fold on me now, Illinois. You made it this far. You had a big win against Ohio State. You know what I mean? You, you had a big win against Michigan, both teams who are top 10 teams in the nation. But please don't fold. Please don't do all this work just to fold. Please. I, I would be so upset. So upset. You know, another team... Although I did say I'm not really worried about Gonzaga, the only reason I am because they're tw- they're 24 and 0. They haven't lost a game yet, you know, and they've been blowing out a lot of teams. So what happens when they face a little adversity and they get down, you know, and you know it starts to get into crunch time? I'm a little worried about Gonzaga. I'm I'm a little worried about a- Alabama. 
as a sixth seed, or excuse me, the sixth ranked team in the nation. I'm a little worried about them. Alabama, they don't they don't be up this high too much. And again, it's an off year. I'm worried about teams like Loyola, Chicago, San Diego State. Like what what I'm, I'm interested to see what are those guys on those teams going to do in the tournament? Because you're not going to be playing, you know, the normal comp that you're used to. You're going to be playing the top 64 teams in the nation. And as each round goes on, it gets harder and harder and harder. And are you going to be able to produce? I certainly hope so. You know, I feel like as a whole, the team, I'm one of the teams I'm most confident in right now is Michigan. I think that team's dangerous. Like, I think that team can do a lot um, in the postseason. I just think they have to um, just tie up some things, play a little bit better defense. But I think they can be special in this tournament. But I'm just not sold on Illinois. You know what I mean? Like, they, they, they've proven at least that they're for real, but they haven't proven to me that they are championship contenders. Like they are final four contenders. I'm still not sold on it yet. And maybe that's just because of the name and, you know, not the quality of players, but I just don't know. And, you know, a team like Gonzaga, they're very confident. That's a, that's a confident team. They haven't lost a game. They've been blowing teams out the water. But what happens in the tournament when Things get a little tight. Like, I just don't know. But we shall see. Um, But I am excited for March Madness that's coming up. Conference play is going to be all this week. And then we'll have the selection show. And we'll be here to talk about everything. And I'm going to make my predictions. And we're going to run through everything. And I'm going to, you know, basically do my own version of bracketology. You know, that's the same thing that they do on ESPN. But we're going to run through it all. We're going to get you set for what should be a very good March Madness. But we shall see what happens in these uh, in these next coming days, especially I'm eager, eager to watch uh, conference play, especially the ACC tournament, SEC, uh, Big Ten, Big 12. Obviously, the Power Five should be good. But, you know, I might watch, you know, some of the other uh, conferences just, you know, to see, you know, the teams that are ranked in those conferences. Are they are they for real? Do they really like? I just I'm just skeptical about some of the teams that I'm seeing that are ranked in the top 25. I just am like that's basically the whole point of my little soliloquy that I've gone on here. Like I, I just am. And it's not just because of the school name. It's not just because of I've looked at their opponents and their schedule and their strength of schedule. But it's also just because, again, a lot of these teams are blowing teams out the water. But in the, in the tournament, anything can happen. Crazy things happen in the tournament. People have shooting slumps. People have bad nights. And one bad night could be your season. And it's like one thing you have to be able to do is overcome adversity. And I just don't know. I just don't know, man. We'll see if it happens. But should be exciting. Should be exciting. Now, on a quick note in the NFL, just wanted to share um, literally just one thing with y'all. just about franchise tags. You know, they, they people get slapped with them every year. And we always talk about it. But, you know, I love I love talking about the franchise tag. Leonard Williams, Brandon Schreff, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Marquis, or excuse me, Marcus Williams and Justin Simmons have all received the franchise tag. That means next year, all those guys, especially Marquise Goodwin, will be looking to be paid be paid a lot um that's just a quick note 
on the NFL in the franchise tag. And Dak, finally, hallelujah, Dak finally got paid. Like, it's about time, Cowboys. Like, thank you for showing up extremely late to the party. Like, we were about to close the party and send everybody home, but you finally showed up. And now everybody can conversate and mingle and converse with everybody. But my goodness, it took you long enough. Like, a part of me, if I'm Dak, is like, you know what? It's about time. Like, I'm not even happy or grateful at this point. At this point, I'm like, you know what? It's about time. You finally paid the man. And I'm not even a huge Dak Prescott guy, but he deserves to be paid. Plain and simple. But that's all the time we got for today. Thank you once again for listening to the Speak My Peace podcast. I am once again your host, Reese Trotman. I shall return next week. Same time, same place. Y'all take care. Be blessed. Have a great day. Great week. I hope y'all enjoy all the sports that's going to be happening this week. NBA is back in action. Conference uh, tournament time in college basketball. NFL free agency. It's all there. Y'all take care. Y'all enjoy it. Stay tuned in. Until next time.